Just a disclaimer before you guys listen to this podcast, if you care about the Jets' final result and everything that happened in their game, and you still have not seen it, do not listen to this podcast. It contains major spoilers for the Jets' game, and you should not listen to it if you do not want anything from that game spoiled. But if you have seen the game, if you do know everything that happened, and uh, or you just uh, want to listen to this podcast, even if you haven't seen the Jets game and you don't care about spoilers, listen to this podcast because it's going to be a really good podcast. But yeah, a lot of things are going to be changing, so I'm going to talk about that first. Some football podcasts can be boring, using advanced language and just all around not being fun. My mission as a 13-year-old Jets fan is to make fun and articulate podcasts great for Jets fans of all ages. I mean, last week and all of the other podcasts I've been doing, uh, I've been doing it one a week and I've been doing past, present, and future. But something's going to change and that something is going to be huge. Uh, I'm going to see how it kind of works, so uh, if you like it, leave a voice message telling me that you like it. If you don't like it, leave me a voice message saying that you don't like it. But what I'm going to do is have the present section on uh, released on Wednesdays, the way that everything else uh, was being released. Okay, so as I'm editing this podcast, I realized I made a big mistake. So I said... Uh, that the present segment is going to be released on Wednesdays, and I meant the past segment. But uh, any other time I say the present segment, I'm going to actually mean the present segment, not the past segment. Sorry to confuse you, but uh, it, it just didn't make much sense, and I kind of wanted to explain everything. So yeah, sorry, you may now continue listening to this podcast. But I'm going to have the present and future segments released on uh, on Saturdays so that it's a little bit more relevant and up to date. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we can see where that goes. But, yeah, so another thing uh, that you guys should uh, tell me what you believe. So, uh, yeah, also leave a voice message for this if you can. Uh, I'm not sure if you will be able to, but, uh, yeah, so, the big voice message thing that I want you guys to kind of share your opinions on is who do you think that the Jets' biggest off-season, uh, move was this year, and I'm saying for this year, so, like, you can't say drafting Quinn and Williams at number three overall, because that's not going to make as much of a difference this year. I mean, if you do believe that this year it is going to be the biggest difference made, then, I mean, yeah, you can have that opinion. I'm just saying don't say Quinnen Williams because he's going to be great over the next 10 years. Because I'm not talking about the next 10 years. I'm talking about this year. So, yeah, no picking Quinnen Williams uh, for the lone reason that he's going to be great in three years it's this year so uh I personally think that CJ Mosley uh 
is their biggest offseason pickup. I've been sticking with that. Even since he was signed, I figured, yeah, he's going to be their big offseason move. Even if they do get Le'Veon, even if they do get Anthony Barr, which they ended up not uh, doing. But, I mean, if they don't get C.J. Mosley, then they would end up getting what who Anthony Barr. Uh, and, yeah, that's a big downgrade. Le'Veon Bell, you could argue the Jets did need more offensive threats, but... I mean, come on, is he going to be the leader of the defense? No. Is he going to be the leader of the offense? No. Is C.J. Mosley going to be the leader of the defense? Yes. And he proved that this week. He proved my point. Uh, He had a forced fumble. Or, no, not a forced fumble. Sorry, a recovered fumble Uh, on fourth down. That play, I was like, yeah, it's fourth down. And the Jets stopped the Bills. And then... I realized that C.J. Mosley recovered a fumble, and I was like, oh, yeah. And then, even before that, at the very beginning of the play, he scored on a pick six. And I was, my mind was blown. I was like, what is this? C.J. Mosley has a pick six already. He is going to be amazing, and it's, uh, the game looked like it was going to be a really good defensive battle. Uh, and the offenses might struggle a bit, but you know what? The defenses are going to make up for it. That's basically what it was on the Jets' side of the ball, but I don't know. The Bills' defense didn't really seem all that great. Uh, the Jets' offense was honestly just boring. Uh, outside of, they had a few nice drives, but uh, I'll get to that later. So, Neville Hewitt also had an interception, uh, I believe. So... That's C.J. Mosley in the number two inside linebacker. So, uh, obviously Neville Hewitt isn't as good as Avery Williamson. And I'll talk about really soon why Avery Williamson, uh, his injury, probably cost the Jets the game this week. Uh, so, and it's just funny how Adam Gase deciding to play Avery Williamson for an extra few minutes in the preseason uh, ended up dictating whether or not the Jets would win this game and maybe even the next few games. But the Jets had a 16-point lead, and then they blew it. Uh, I mean, they stopped getting the turnovers on defense. Uh, yeah, because they also had that uh, fumble on the first drive. That drive, I was like, no, 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 stop the Bills, stop the Bills, stop the Bills. Okay, a sack to push them out of field goal range. That's what we need. Wait, Steve McClendon's over it. Let's go. He recovered it. I was so happy. Because, uh, yeah, the game just looked like it was going to be a good defensive battle. And, I mean, I feel like if the offenses aren't going to score, but the defenses are amazing and not like three and out amazing like turnover amazing that is still a good game in my opinion uh it doesn't just have to be the offenses that are good so uh, on the Jets side of the ball however the special teams kind of wasn't special at all uh Lachlan Edwards was really good but their punt returning was pretty bad uh, I believe both of, or I believe the kickoffs that they received all went 
out the back of the end zone to absolutely nothing there. And uh, Corey Redvick, I'm going to talk about what happened to him on Saturday, uh, if you don't already know. But, uh, spoiler alert, he got waived. And, uh, yeah, they signed Sam Ficken of the Green Bay Packers most recently to be his replacement. Oh, man, so that's not good. <laughs> Honestly, last week a lot went wrong. I was really upset when they lost. But, you know what, it's okay. There's always the next game. And a lot went wrong that was simple mistakes. Like, Corey Vedvik, if they'd had a slightly better kicker, like, for example, Sam Ficken, he would have... Uh, who say would have made a 40-yard field goal in an extra point. The Jets would have, in theory, won. Uh, but, I mean, this is in theory, in real life. There's no guarantees, and, I mean, if you look at the final score, four points would have been more than enough to win it for the Jets. But if they had been leading by four points, would they allow the Bills to score on a touch, uh, score a touchdown at the end of the game? Uh, so there's always that to think about. But Marcus May played every defensive snap uh, and had a really good week. Uh, John Brown was open in the end zone, and suddenly Marcus May, and this was on third down, sun, uh, in field goal range, suddenly Marcus May just jumped out of nowhere, and I was thinking, oh, no, this is going to be a touchdown. Okay, Marcus May, at least look like you're trying here. And he jumped up, and I thought he intercepted it for a second. And if he did, again, in theory, that would have saved the Jets three points, which would have been more than enough for them to win. But I'm not complaining because he saved them four points. And, I mean, saving them seven is even more amazing. But I'm not complaining about Marcus May almost having an interception uh, on what really should have been a touchdown and what was a great throw, but... I mean, he just jumped the route, and I could see uh, Marcus May just did not look happy after he dropped that. He looked really mad. He was punching the ground a little, kind of being like, dang it, dang it, dang it. Uh, So, I mean, another defensive thing that happened that really is... This one's probably the biggest reason about why the Jets lost... Uh, C.J. Mosley got injured. I'm not sure how long he's going to be out for. Uh, He's going to undergo an MRI pretty soon, I think. But he might be out for the entire season, for all I know. And they just lost both of their starting middle linebackers, which would be really sad and terrible. Because after C.J. Mosley went out, the defense fell apart. And I'm almost positive that if C.J. Mosley had stayed in, the Bills wouldn't have either of those two final touchdown drives because the defense was just honestly a mess, uh, a mess. But uh, yeah. So before C.J. Mosley got injured, however, there was a safety. I was so happy on that play. Uh, I've already mentioned a safety in uh, I think the second or third uh podcast. But for those of you who don't know, which is probably a lot of you, because it's. Probably the weirdest play in football, as I mentioned before. They basically uh, stopped the running back inside of his own end zone. And the ball started outside of the end zone. 
so that's a safety, uh, if that makes any sense. Because, like, on the play, if someone has the ball uh, outside of their own end zone and they end up in their own end zone, uh, or that's where the contact is first made, that's a safety, which results in two points for the defensive team and uh, a kickoff, except it's a punt. So I can't believe that that happened. That was crazy. Uh, the Jets got half of their points from their defense, which really should not be happening because the defense is meant to not let the opponent score. The defense is not meant to score half the points. So the Jets really need to step up their offensive game. Uh, and remember how last week I predicted that John Brown would torch Tremaine Johnson? Yeah, that happened, but... uh. When it mattered most, when uh, on that touchdown drive that basically ended the game, see, uh, when C.J. Mosley was injured, Tremaine Johnson allowed a touchdown to John Brown. And the funny thing is there was a penalty because Tremaine Johnson was actually holding John Brown for uh, pass interference. But he didn't do it well enough because, uh, yeah, John Brown was still able to catch it. So, I would much rather have it that Tremaine Johnson committed a terrible penalty than to have him commit the game-winning touchdown. Uh, I mean, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't want him to have a, to give up a 30-yard uh, pass interference on what could have been uh, an incompletion or even an interception. But I would much rather have that 30-yard pass interference than, like, an 80-yard touchdown. So I predicted that Tremaine Johnson would get torched by John Brown, and it happened. So, uh, fortunately, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Jamison Crowder had an amazing deb- debut with uh, 99 yards and, I believe, 14 catches. He was actually on the bench for my fantasy team, so he ended up having, like, 28 points because it's a PPR league. So he ended up getting tons of points for the receptions and 99 yards. Uh, So that was uh, great, but I didn't start him. So, yeah, Jameson Crowder did well. But on the other side, Robbie Anderson, I mean, he wasn't really that great, and... He did have a few plays that really should have gone for touchdowns. And if they did go for touchdowns, he would have been like at, at least uh, 60 or 70 yards on the game. And it would have been the Jets would have won in theory again, uh, which I've already mentioned. It's maybe the Jets wouldn't have played as hard. Maybe they would have allowed the Bills to score another touchdown. Maybe someone else would have gotten injured. So, and yeah, it's all in theory because there's no way of knowing for sure what would have happened. But in theory, when you look at the points that were scored by the Jets and the points scored by the Bills, if Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold had just connected on one of the throws where Robbie Anderson got past the defense and Darnold overthrew him, underthrew him, uh, or just flat-out missed him by five yards... Uh, if those had been perfect throws, in theory, the Jets would have won by six. So, a lot went wrong, but 
you know what, I think this is going to be a wake-up call for the offense. I think Sam Darnold is going to think, wait a minute, I got to do better than this. Uh, I mean, my rookie season is over. There's not going to be the excuse of, okay, well, he's going to be really good next season. Because, no, it is next season. And he had 175 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, but was only throwing checkdowns. Like, that's what the backups do. That's why the backups aren't starting. And because they can't be relied on to throw deep. So, so on the Bills side of the ball... Uh, another factor that just about destroyed the Jets was Devin Singletary. Uh, he had a bunch of plays where he just suddenly broke loose and uh, was barely stopped by Marcus May. So that's the type of thing where it's like, in theory, again, I keep saying this, uh, and it really does sound like excuses now that I'm listening to myself kind of a little bit, but in theory... Uh, if the Jets had, in fact, been able to stop Devin Singletary the way that they were stopping Frank Gore, who I believe only had uh, four or five rushes and Josh Allen had at least ten. I don't know. I'm just saying that when your QB's running more than your number one running back, you got some issues uh, with your running game. And, I mean, it's either that or your... Uh, or your receivers just can't get open, so your QB has to run. Because that really should not be happening for the Bills. And this isn't a Bills podcast, so that's all I'm going to say about uh, Josh Allen running too much. But, I mean, if they'd stopped Evan Singletary, in theory, the Jets would have won. Because a bunch of the, uh, because I believe uh, the their first touchdown drive, uh, the Bills' first touchdown drive, uh, happened, well, it was either a touchdown drive or a field goal drive, but, uh, it was, like, third down, and then suddenly Devin Singletary had, like, a 25-yard rush, and so that was kind of, like, when the Jets' defense started to break. Uh, so, before I said Josh Allen shouldn't have been rushing too much, and then I said I was done with talking about that, well, I was lying. So, the Jets needed to have a QB spy on Josh Allen. That's part of the reason why he rushed so much. And uh the Bills touchdown that they have the uh that they had their first one came because Josh Allen rolled out to his right and I called it when the play started. I said Josh Allen's gonna roll out to his right, not gonna find any open receivers and he's gonna score. Because the Jets didn't have a QB spy. They didn't have anyone who could stop Josh Allen from running. So Josh Allen rolled out to the right, uh saw that and just ran in. So, I mean, good play awareness by Josh Allen. Good job on my part for recognizing that. Maybe I should be calling the Jets defensive play calls. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) No shots uh, taken towards Greg Williams. But I do find that interesting because his entire philosophy is if you blitz, their throws aren't going to be as good. Where's the QB spy? If you're going to focus more on the front seven, where's your QB spy on Josh Allen, one of the better uh, Russian QBs in the league? you got to have a QB spy on Josh Allen. So, I mean, Sam Darnold was 28 for 41 uh, with one touchdown. And, oh, yeah, sorry, 178 yards. I think I said 175 before. He was 
He had 41 passing attempts, though. I didn't even realize that. It's a lot, and his completion percentage honestly wasn't that terrible because he was throwing five-yard checkdowns on every play. So he had 28 completions and 178 yards. That's like eight yards per completion. So what that basically means is that he's throwing to his tight ends, receivers, and slot receivers too much, not throwing to the outside enough. Quincy and Nunwa did barely nothing. Robbie Anderson did barely nothing. And I honestly think that Adam Gase kind of wants to show off the Jets' new pieces in this game. Okay, but that might be the factor between the Jets making the playoffs or the Jets not making the playoffs. Because if it comes down to the Jets and Bills in Week 17, but the Bills have already uh, clinched a playoff spot since they beat the Jets. I mean, it's... I don't know. It's It was an interesting game because so much on the Jets' side went wrong, and if one of those things had gotten turned the other way, uh, again, in theory, the Jets would have won. So, I mean, yeah, this is the definition of being a Monday morning quarterback saying what they did wrong. But the thing is, ever since those plays happened, I was immediately thinking before they started, for example, uh, when Josh Allen scored on the rushing touchdown, I immediately thought uh, as soon as he took the snap, they don't have a QB spy. Josh Allen's going to roll out to his right and score. So, yeah, that was just a lucky guess on my part, Uh, except for the fact that the Jets didn't have a QB spy, but I just predicted that Allen would roll out right. I don't even remember why. I just... There was, like, some good reason why, but I just don't remember that reason. So, also, there were a lot of really bad calls on the refs, uh, by the refs, that went against the Jets, and every time one of those happened, I just thought, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, like, it, it doesn't matter. We don't need the refs to score uh, enough in, uh, to win. So, uh, like, for example, uh, Ryan Griffin had a touchdown uh, pass, a touchdown catch uh, that he caught from Sam Darnold. And they called it back because apparently there was offensive pass interference by him. But there weren't any defenders near him. So where was their pass interference? And, yeah, I thought that they were going to see if there should be a penalty on Darnold for passing the line of scrimmage before he threw. But he never came near the line of scrimmage. And they called pass interference on Daniel, uh, not Daniel Brown, uh, Ryan Griffin. So I mean I don't know, but uh, the refs also had a bad a lot of bad calls. Is just my point. But Le'Veon Bell reached eight thousand yards from scrimmage. Uh, became the fastest player to ever do that, and by fastest I mean the least amount of games. Uh, not like fastest forty. Uh, he reached it in sixty three games. Uh, in the record. Before it was by Marshall Falk, who reached it in 64 games. So, I mean, his first week with the Jets, he has eight points, uh, a new record, and had 60 rushing yards, I believe. So, I mean, good job, Le'Veon Bell, on a good week one. That is going to end today's podcast. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And listen uh, on Saturday is when it's going to be coming out uh, for my next podcast, which will be about, uh, which will be the present and future segments. So 
for those of you who don't know, that's uh, recent Jets news, recent NFL news, and a preview of the Jets' upcoming game. So, yeah, stick around for that. You will uh, hear it on Saturday, and goodbye. What? You're still listening? Nice, good job. So, if you haven't already, you have to subscribe to my Apple Podcast account, uh, and then leave a review, and rate out of five stories what you think of my podcast, and be honest, I want to hear what you actually think, so that I can know what I need to improve and what I don't. So, without further ado, goodbye. This is the actual end, the rest is just like an ad.